It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak. I'm Brett Levy and I'm your host this week. So first up, let's go to things with a Z. Now, I had a little bit of fun this week. Um, this is the SwitchBot. Now, the SwitchBot, if you're watching the show, you can see it's a small little device that clips onto, well, it clips onto pretty much anywhere that you want it to, and I'll give you a couple of use cases. If you're listening to the show, uh, probably the size of a like a wall charger, like the old little wall chargers that you know that you get with your phones. Well, you don't get them with your phones anymore, but it's really not big. Uh, I'm trying to work out my metrics here, maybe like four centimeters squared. And what it does is exactly as its name, it is a switch. So you use an app, you push a button and a little lever comes out and goes back in and you push the app button again and the little lever comes out and goes in. So why do you want a switch bot? Well, if you haven't got one, you don't know what you're missing. Pictures that I put up on the screen are a couple of obvious examples. Morning coffee, no one feels like waking up in the morning and having to wait for their kettle to boil. So while you're bringing your body out of bed, hit the activate button on the switch bot and the kettle will turn on. Uh, or the percolator if you, if you have one of those running in. Um, one of the other use cases is an air conditioner or air filter. You can just put on the switch and um, again, you can even schedule it. So, you know, if you want your air filter to turn on between, let's say, eight in the morning and eight at night, um, the switch box can be scheduled. It turns on, it turns off. There's also a little attachment that comes with it. It's like a little sticker. Now, if you're watching the show, you'll see it's actually there's a little GIF that's running. Apparently, I have to say GIF now. There's a GIF that's running and it sticks onto the light switch and then it hooks onto the switch, the little arm of the switch pod. And when you push it, it pulls the switch, which then turns the light off. And when you push it, it pushes the switch back in and turns the light on. So you can actually turn your lights on and off using switch bots as well. Now, I've used mine. I can't actually show you while I, that's why I was sitting here trying to gauge uh, sizes. Um, in fact, before I move into mine, they do make other products that work within the same environment. So they make a curtain rail opener. So you can actually make your curtains smart. So you just hook it on the rail. It doesn't work with all types of curtains. It's designed for a rail. So you've got to have the round rail with the rings that are cut through the curtains. Um, and then you can just push it and it will open the curtains and you can push it again and it will roll along the, the bar and uh, close the curtains. So where I'm, I don't have curtains. I've got blinds. And I think you can actually get a little motor that can pull the, the wire of the blinds or the cord of the blinds but the one that i'm using mine is as follows so i have central heating and cooling through the house um it sits upstairs the control panel but the lounge and the dining room and the whole entertainment area is downstairs and yes i am that lazy and i don't feel like walking up eight stairs or whatever it might be to get to the landing so i've put my switch butt on the power button it's set to the desired temperature that i want if you're looking at the show, you'll see at the moment it's 24 degrees because it's winter here, so that keeps it nice and toasty. And no matter where I am in the house, I can just activate the button on the app and turn on the little switch pod. And uh, then when it starts to get too warm, I can just turn it off without having to leave wherever I am. Great little toy. I've put the URL up. If you're listening, go to bit.ly, capital S for switch, capital B for bot, capital AU, switch bot AU. Make sure you put the capitals. There should be a discounted price there for you as well. And I will put into the post show as well. <coughs> Excuse me. 
<coughs> right, so <coughs> oh. <coughs> the joys of a live show. <coughs> so into tech news. iRobot <coughs> oh. iRobot has just been acquired by Amazon. And I think this is the fourth most expensive acquisition that Amazon has done in the history of the acquisitions. I can think of a lot of reasons why they would buy the robot, and it's probably, well, it's probably a couple of things. So if you don't know iRobot, that's the original um, robotic vacuum cleaner. There's lots of different ones. In fact, I reviewed the Ecovacs a few weeks ago, or actually, no, a few months ago. <coughs> Amazing how water goes down the wrong way. <clears throat> and um, that was a great device. And they, the, a lot of them, that, there's quite a few in the market. They're quite similar. They range in prices. But the iRobot was the original, and it's you know, it's got cheaper versions and more expensive versions. Um, but the, I was thinking about it, like, why would they buy this device? And a couple of thoughts that went through my, or this company, rather, sorry. A couple of things that went through my head was, one, they probably sell like a lot of these on Amazon, right? So they know that this is a good selling product. Why not own the, the product then as well? And I mean, we're talking about 1.7 billion US dollars. So this is not exactly like, oh, let's just go and buy a robot. It's quite a significant deal. But then I thought about it. Imagine if they could put a robot in every single one of our houses. Now, maybe we'll start to see Alexa-enabled robots coming out, um, which would do multiple things, right? First of all, um, most of them can be controlled by voice or by home smarts. Um, the Ecovacs that I have has got its own app. Um, I can control it through the Google Home devices as well. You can use Alexa as well. Um, but by putting this technology into the actual device, you know, a kind of couple of things like, hey, um, hey, Brett, your floor is dirty. Do you want me to order you some wipes? You know, like I can't clean that on just brushes alone. Would you like a floor cleaner? We'll just add it into your cart for you. So you've got this device that's running around your house cleaning your floors, but ultimately it's listening to everything. It's hearing all the conversations while it's active. Um, you know, it's deemed to be a cleaning aid. So therefore, anything that you need on the cleaning side of things, it could just tell you, could add it onto your shopping list. Now, I don't know how many of you have used Alexa versus Google versus Siri, but when it comes to shopping and or an Amazon account, Alexa really does work well. I did it the other day. I just said, you know, well, I'm not going to say the keyword. Um, add product X to my shopping list and check out. And because I had a pre-approved payment plan, uh, a payment card linked to Amazon, the product was just ordered. It was just done. Um, I think I had to verify it by email. Like, I think there was a double opt-in that came and said, do you want to order this product? And is it going to this address? And I just said, yes. I clicked the button. And that was it. So, um, you know, will they use it for, for home smarts, home spying? Um, I don't know. Um, maybe, as I said, it's nothing sinister, and it's just the fact that Amazon knows how many of these damn things that they sell. Um, so, yeah. So, our robot is now going to become Amazon. So, this is a fun one. Now, we've always had opinions of BMW drivers. There's lots of jokes that go around BMW drivers. You know, when you buy a used BMW the one thing that's on there that's new is the indicators, you know, things like that. Uh, but it's quite weird that the company itself would want to act like the idiots that we perceive the drivers to be. 
So they've just launched SaaS. Now that's not software as a service. That is seats as a service. So how's it? I mean, it actually blows my mind, right? They've made a move now where you buy a BMW, it comes with heated seats. So you've got the heated seats in your car, but they don't work unless you take a subscription for 15 pounds a month, which is about $18, uh, call it $20, I think 18 might be US. Um, so call it 20 bucks a month for you to have your heated seats working. Now let's just stop there for a second, right? When you buy a car, you can spec what goes into the car. <clears throat> you want cruise control, you want automatic lights, you can change the seats to leather. There's so many different options and permutations you can do. If I buy a car that comes with heated seats and you want to try and charge me for heating my seats, like you got no chance. Uh, there's absolutely no way in hell. Now, I don't know if Anonymous listens to my show. I don't know if Anonymous reads the news. But I really hope that you guys go out there and just do a massive attack on these guys and like just bring them in line. It's absolutely criminal that they would even think about trying to charge someone. When you're spending the kind of money that you are buying a BMW, I mean, we're not talking about a Mahindra here or Cherry or something like that. We're talking about a Mark and you want to charge me for heated seats. Now, what happens in a country in, like Australia where in certain parts it never actually gets that cold? that we need heated seats. I mean, where I live, maybe one week in the year, we're going to need heated seats. And even then, we're not going to need them. They're going to be nice. Does that mean I have to take a subscription to use my heated seats? Or will they be free here because the temperature never goes that low? Or they just not supply heated seats anymore to Australia? So come on, guys. Pick up your socks. Pick up your game. Stop being monkeys. I mean, just really. Like, if you charge enough for your car. You don't have to charge for your seats as well. Ah. Oh. Right, so if you're watching the show, you can see I've put a picture up of Starlink, which is SpaceX, uh, Mr. Musk's company. And they made a very interesting filing at the FCC on Monday. So basically, they're looking to add the 2 gigahertz frequency to um, Starlink licenses. Now, the only reason they would look at 2 gigahertz is for mobile users because nothing else uses the 2 gigahertz. So you get the 2 gigahertz and the 5 gigahertz or 2.4 and the 5 gigahertz band, which is generally used for mobile devices. Now, the reason they would do that, right, is Starlink is doing incredibly well. SpaceX has now got about 2,500 satellites in orbit, and they also acquired a company a little while ago that would work with Internet of Things. I think it was called Leo or something like that. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but what that acquisition was was to give Starlink the capability to communicate and talk to Internet of Things-based devices like the little switch bot that I featured. So basically, if they get this right and they get the approval, you would be able to buy a small device um, that you would be able to carry around. Now, if you remember, you buy those little mobile hotspots, right? And you can then connect up to, I think it's like 20 or 30 devices. It wouldn't be any bigger than that. You wouldn't need a satellite dish or anything like that. It would just be a little receiver that you would then either plug in or magnetically connect to your phone or Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. I'm not sure, but it doesn't exist yet. But you would now be able to connect using satellite. So there's many benefits to this. If you're out camping and there's no cell phone signals, you've now got it because you're using satellite. You want to watch the game or whatever, you know, or emergency services, or even need to make a phone call like over VoIP or, or, or Skype or WhatsApp or any of the VoIP or digital subsystems that you could use. I think it's brilliant. Um, now, what was very interesting in this article as well is 
Apple's spoken about satellite before um, and, and having satellite capabilities in the iPhone. Now, I don't think that Apple's going to go out there and start sending satellites into space. I mean, they do different things that are not really core to their business, but ultimately owning a satellite um, fleet, if that's the right word, I don't think that's in their in their wheelhouse or something they're looking at. But if they're looking at putting the technology in the phone that would be able to take that kind of communication, that you won't need a separate device, or even if it comes with a separate device, and being Apple, it would be super slick and super sexy and would probably use MagSafe to connect. So you could just stick this onto the back of your phone, um, and you've got satellite connection. Now, what does that mean for the telcos, right? And Elon would love that. I mean, if he could get into, I don't know how many new phones they sell a year, every single year, um, but if he could get into the version that it starts at and onwards, and or if it's an adaption that's going to work on just MagSafe, well, you know, MagSafe's been out, I think, since iPhone 10. Um, could you imagine, like, the kind of money that these two companies would then do? More importantly, you could probably even consider booting your telco because you'd be able to get your connectivity from the satellites. Um, you'd be able to make phone calls like using FaceTime instead of, uh, you know, a normal phone call. Sure, the limitations would be you could only FaceTime to another iPhone, but I'm sure they'll get around that. You can use WhatsApp and phone anyone. You can use Facebook Messenger and phone anyone. You can use Skype, Teams, blah, 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 blah. So very interesting space. Um and I think both of these companies are going to benefit from it should they do it. So it's not confirmed. As I said, the filing was just put in on Monday, two days ago. Um, so, yeah, interesting. I'll, I'll watch the story and see how this unfolds. I've got a thumbs up that came through from somewhere. Um, no, I think it's Gail. Maybe because I mentioned Elon. So, um, right. <laughs> I have a picture of Usain Bolt up on the screen for the listeners of the show. And he's doing his, like, victory dab type thing. Now, why do I have Usain Bolt up on the technology show? Well, it's very simple. I didn't actually know this, but the Bolt company that does micro-mobility, like scooters, um, they got their name from Usain Bolt because he was actually one of the founders of the companies. I don't know how much he's still involved, but as far as he's concerned, he's no longer involved, and they have shut down literally overnight, probably faster than he runs the 100 meters. I think there are now six, uh, six cities in America, where these things are just being dumped. So they've run out of battery. No one's charging them. They're literally lying on the floors in piles. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind going and grabbing one. I don't know if you could get around the the GPS lock, but given the fact that they've literally ghosted everyone overnight, you, they don't answer their phones, they're not answering chat, they're not answering email. These things are just lying there. They're uncharged, so no one's actually going around charging them anymore, uh, which is a business, by the way. People do it as a gig economy. For Bolt, for Uber, for Lime, Bird, all of them, they go around and they recharge the batteries. So, you know, it's been a very interesting time for micro mobility. These companies are not making money; they're losing money every month. Investors have stopped investing in them uh, or investing them at really big premiums. Um, just this weekend, actually, Kate and I went and rode on the Lime bikes along the beachfront, and it was super fun. But I have to say, and this is a little moan at Lime, which is Uber. Um, what they charged for me to use that bike, they charged in time. Now they got this whole thing about go green and it's better for the city and less emissions. And do me a favor. Um, when you're charging like 20 bucks for half an hour, I think I only pedaled like six kilometers, but it was 20 bucks. Like that's crazy. 
Um, that was for two of us, sorry. So it's 10 bucks for half an hour because both of us did the same and we were riding together. But I mean, I can jump in an Uber and do six kilometers for 10Ks for $10. So if you want us to use your bicycles and if you want to make micro mobility green, don't just don't just green paint it. You know, everyone's now, all the companies nowadays are greenwashing everything. If you truly want to put your message out there that this is green, it's better for the environment, low emissions, blah, 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 they make it affordable, right? But if you're not, well, then you like bolts. Just leave your stuff lying on the side of the road. What do we have next? Okay, so <laughs> um, I'm going to go into RU game. But before we go into RU game, now everyone that knows me knows how much I love esports. And you know, I do quite a few things inside esports. Watch the space. There's some exciting stuff coming up in the esports world. But this last weekend, ESPN showed, wait for it, the Microsoft Excel World Championships. Now, as the name would suggest, this was people playing like they would in an eSport environment, solving problems on Excel, as in the spreadsheet. Um, I've got a bit of a fuzzy picture up on the, on the show if you're watching, because um, it was a screenshot of a TV show. But literally, they're your guys, like you would expect streamers to be streaming, with their spreadsheets open, and they've got to solve these problems. And... I think it's the fastest they solve it and or the more accurate that they solve the formula in the spreadsheet, the more points they get. This is a real thing. Now, I don't think it's going to top the Twitch streaming views, um, but if ESPN puts it on, then it's a sport, right? So for all the people out there that still don't think esports is a sport, love to hear your views on the Microsoft Excel World Championships. Right, let's move along then to RU game. Now, last week I played a game that's been around for a while. Um, I, I was playing with Kate. It was super fun. It was, a, it, it was you know, I think four, four guys falling down, falling guys, four guys. Um, I went back to my puzzles for this week, and I'm so glad that I did. So this is Ember. The game that I played this week is The Last Campfire um, from Hello Games. This is such a beautiful game. Um, you're a lost little ember, and I think as in from the fire, hence the land, the last campfire, and you're searching for just a meaning in life and a way home. You're in this, this world um, that you've just arrived in, and like most puzzle games, there aren't really instructions, but there's little voice prompts along the way because you meet and engage with other, um, with other uh, characters in the game. On the screen at the moment, there's little ghosts. These were embers that just got lost, and like, part of the game was to engage with them and send them for help back to one of the people that will, or characters that are sitting around the game. Um, there's some more screenshots of it. So it's just this, it's this absolutely beautiful world that's been created. Now, I always put Monument Valley as my one and two, as kind of my benchmark when it comes to puzzlers from a beauty, from an engagement point of view, from the sound effects that are going on. Uh, the last campfire does not disappoint when it comes to that kind of scale and 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 comparison, right? It is, it ticks all the boxes. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I'm totally stuck at the moment. I'm inside one part of the world that I just have no idea, and I'm probably about three hours away from not giving up, but like going looking for a cheat that could maybe help me get on because I've still got a long way to go. Now, I mentioned Monument Valley. Monument Valley you can finish in an hour and a half, um, and it's more about a journey than anything else. This game is definitely not an hour and a half. Um, it's, I've 
put way more than an hour and a half into it and I'm nowhere near finished it. What is nice about it though, I got it on Apple Arcade, so I didn't have to pay for it. It is available as a standalone on iOS, um, Steam, so Windows, PlayStation, um, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox. I didn't see a reference to Android. I must actually have a look and see if it's on Android as well. I'd be quite surprised if it isn't on Android, given it's literally cross-platform and everyone else. But a really, really, really beautiful game. Um, as with all the games, um, and not just because of the people around you, but I always recommend that you play these games with headsets on. Um, yeah, I had my in-ear buds. I didn't have the big overhead. Um, but again, being on mobile, you can play it anywhere. It does record where you are and where you, you know, where you've stopped. I don't want to give up on it because it just is that beautiful. And like some of the screenshots that I've put up here, I haven't seen these areas. So, you know, I know <laughs> clearly there's still a long way that I need to go. But if you get a chance looking for a puzzler, and the nice thing about the puzzles and why I feature them all the time, you know, now that the world's starting to travel again, if you're on a plane and you don't feel like watching the movies, um, and you've got your iPad or your iPhone with you. And, and that's also why I like to feature the arcades, Apple Arcade games. Um, you, you don't need to be connected. So you, you've got the game on your device. You can play. And, you know, you've got eight, ten hours on a long-haul flight. You can really immerse yourself into it and, and have some fun. So Last Campfire, um, that was my game of the week. Really, really beautiful game. Highly recommend it. Um, and if anyone knows how to get through the section with these, well, I don't know what it's called, but these like little roly things and bridges that move. And I'm just lost. I know it's probably going to happen. I'm going to finish it eventually or find the walkthrough and find out it actually wasn't even important to the game. Um, it was probably just like an add on benefit. But anyway, so yeah. And that brings us to QA. Do I have a question? I've always got questions, but I have one that's worthwhile. Uh, I do, actually, and I've done it. All right, so here we go. So I got a message that was saying, um, or not saying, sorry, asking, should I upgrade um, my Google Workspace? So so let's just stop with Google Workspace first of all. If you have Gmail, the free Gmail, this doesn't pertain to you. Um, Google Workspace is when you want to have your own URL. So, for example, for my email address, I use Gmail as my hosting company and I have my own email address. But in order to do that, I have to pay for that. And that's called Google Workspace. So the question was that... that the people received a message, so did I, saying that come the 15th or the 18th of August, the basic version is no longer going to be available. And if you're on that, you should upgrade. Now, um, to business standard, I think it's now called. And they were offering a 40% discount. So I looked at it and I actually decided I should upgrade. And there's a main reason for it. So on the business standard or business basics, I think it was before, you, you only got 30 gigs of storage. Now, Google's cloud-based, which means it goes through storage at a furious rate. So 30 gigs is not a lot. I mean, think about your cell phone. You've probably got more than 30 gigs in your cell phone. So I had already upgraded from whatever that was to whatever the next tier was, which was clearly one below what the new starting tier is. Um, and I was paying about $2.50 a month per user for that. And that took me up to 100 gigs. Um, three weeks ago, I got a warning saying my, my cloud is full. So I already had 100 gigs, which is 70 gigs more than the entry-level workspace anyway. So using the 40% discount, I think I've now gone up to about $8.50 a month. But it comes with a whopping 2 terabytes. Now, I don't think I'm going to fill up 2 terabytes. And if I do, quite clearly, it's time to do a cleanup because it's clearly something I shouldn't be 
storing in there that I've, I'm going to go through two terabytes. Um, so yeah, to the question, should you upgrade? Well, if you think you can get past with 30 gigs, then probably not. And there might still be one more tier. The other thing as well is if you use Google Meet and you know those type of like, um, Zoom calls and that, which is called Google Meet, it'll allow up to 150 um, participants, which I think the stand one only allows 50. So if you're ever doing like big staff training or client interaction and you want to have interaction with people, you can have up to 150 people join on as part of this package. And I think you can also record the the um, session. Just by the way, it, it will probably pop up saying recording and process like it does with Zoom. It is illegal to record people without their permission. So please don't use the recording feature without telling people you're going to record the show. So if you're doing a WebEx or webinar, just put that in your terms and conditions that you'll be recording the show. Um, and also give people the chance, and if they don't want to be recorded, they can actually leave your WebEx, or in this case, Google Meet. Um, and I think it was a collaboration tool that was included in there. So besides the collaboration and the increase in Google Meet, uh, in Meet, sorry, the number of people that can participate, the big thing is the two terabytes. To pay $8 a month for two terabytes, you know, you can move all your photos into there. You've got all your docs in there. Um, the other thing I mentioned, traveling, right? So if you want to put content up into the cloud but keep it free on your device, you can. You can just stick it straight into the cloud and access it via your device. So for me, it was worthwhile. Hopefully that answers the question. Um, you don't have to. It's not required. Uh, you will be able to carry on on your basic package or standard package, I think it's called. But hopefully that answers the question. So, uh, yeah, um, which means that that takes us to the end of the show. So I guess that that's it. Uh, until next time, keep your screens clean and you're not fine.